0: morning everybody it is the morning after with nick and no big J today continuing to be on vacation it is the 28th day of september 2021 my name is nick and joined with me this morning my co-host for the entire run number three melissa davlin good morning melissa how are you i'm great how are you i am really good thank you so much for accepting the invitation to come in here and co-host the show it's really cool to see you
1: I feel like it's a mistake. Like when I got when I got the invitation, I was like, "Are, are you thinking of a different Melissa?" No, I'm no, not.
0: absolutely not. Uh, I uh, we follow each other on social media. That's how this uh, fun relationship began. And uh, when I was thinking of people that I thought would be a lot of fun to co-host, I, I thought of you immediately because number one, you're already a host. You know how to do this thing, which is uh, fill a bunch of space with your talking, which is fantastic. It
1: just n- never shut up.
0: Right. That's yeah. part of the job, which is Great fantastic. But also, uh, you know, it's a really good and important job that you're doing currently in the the state of, of Idaho. You cover a lot of different topics about what's going on in the world. You host Idaho Reports and Idaho Public Television, but also you're a journalist that does a lot of politics covering here in the state. And it's a interesting time to be doing that.
1: It sure is. That is, <laughs> that is a really nice way of putting that. Yeah, I, I yeah, appreciate it. Of well, course. Well, and, and thank you. I, um, you know, I, I have a great team, and I, yeah, it's. It is an interesting time to be doing this and we do a lot of public health coverage and mm-hmm. there are a couple things going on with public health in the state of Idaho. Just
0: a bit, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna certainly talk about that over the course of the show today and we're gonna talk about, you know, how you do what you do and, and how interesting it is in twenty twenty one to be a journalist and, and you know how but let's start with with why you decided to do what you do. Why did you decide to to get into this particular line of work?
1: You know, I I started. Uh, I was really really into photography when I was in high school and in college. I worked as a sports photographer at a at a camp in Maine and started working for my school newspaper up at University of Idaho. Um, but I I had always loved news. You know, after middle school, I would go to the library and kill some time there and read like National Geographic or Life Magazine. Yeah. Or, or you know, I I really really enjoyed journalism I always looked up to the foreign correspondents who were out there you know risking their lives to tell stories and, and let people know what was going on in their world. And so when that path kind of opened up through photography, I, I went that way. And, and one thing led to another, I was an English major. And so I started writing for the newspaper, um, not just taking, you know, subpar pictures. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's easy, it's easy to be a good photographer. It's really hard to be a great photographer. (laughs) That's where I was. And so, um, so yeah, I, I did print journalism for years and then ended up moving to boys And taking the job at Idaho Reports.
0: Beautiful. Well, it's a fantastic job that you do. We'll get into exactly what Idaho Reports is for maybe those that don't understand. Uh, We're going to get to know a lot more about you, Melissa. Hopefully that's okay over the course of the show today. Uh, We're also going to give you guys a chance to win some stuff from us. We have a Rancid and a Dropkick Murphys show coming up next week. We want to get you into that. Get you qualified for that ATV that we are giving away. We are still going to go to hell today. Uh, Melissa is going to test her Marvel Cinematic Universe knowledge in Pop Culture Smackdown today. So We're going to have some fun That's the idea as well But I just wanted to open it up by saying Hey listen, thanks a lot for uh, coming on in I know this is crazy early And I appreciate you uh, doing that And we're going to have some fun today So, morning after with Nick and Big J Let's get started with some music We'll play some Pearl Jam here to kick things off It's Daughter on the X-Rocks Melissa Davlin, my co-host this morning Uh, We are going to do a little bit of important stuff It's all brought to you by the Advocates Injury Attorneys You did not deserve to get into an accident But you do deserve an advocate and uh, Melissa, I know you don't come on this show to learn things, but there is a thing out there called COVID. I'm not sure you've heard of it, but we're going to talk about it a little bit this morning. It so sounds just, familiar. Yeah, it may be familiar. something that you, you cover uh, on the mm. actual news. But uh, Pfizer announced yesterday that they have reached this mid to late stage portion of a large study to find an oral antiviral drug against COVID-19. The purpose would be to prevent infection among people that have been exposed to the virus. Basically, what they're looking for are people 18 and older currently that have have somebody in their household that has symptoms of COVID 19, and then they're going to look to see if this particular pill will help them not catch the virus itself. Uh, and so this is phase two of three of the clinical trial, and then if they get approval, they're hoping for by Christmas they do that, then the pill makes its way out into the marketplace. But they're also apparently uh, trying to find people that are, uh, you know, asymptomatic as well, uh, so that if they can see if it's an actually a good barrier to prevent it, no matter whether people are showing symptoms or not. So this would be a pretty big step in the hole preventing you from getting it if somebody in your household gets it, because usually that's where we run into problems. If you're around somebody that's exposed a bunch, that's when we get, you usually you're going to get positive for the virus, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, and just, that's such great news, because any any way we can attack this on all fronts, whether it's preventative with the vaccine or treatment if you've already been exposed or monoclonal antibodies. It's just such good news. The more we have to fight this, the better. Yeah,
0: yeah, and we're going to need everything we can get, it sounds like. So uh, this is just another step that maybe people would be I don't know, less, uh, uh, you know, abrasive towards a pill as opposed to a shot. Who knows what kind of thing that people wrap their heads around, but I think the more tools that we have, the better off we all are. Absolutely. Cowboys beat the Eagles last night, 41-21 in Monday Night Football last night. Dak Prescott, uh, a nice home first win since his season-ending compound fracture last week in Week 5. He had 238 and three touchdowns, and then, of course, uh, Ezekiel Elliott had two more scores, so a pretty easy win for the Cowboys last night, making a lot of Bronco fans happy, and uh, you're a you're a Rockies fan, right?
1: I am. I'm. I'm not a football fan. I'm a University of Idaho alum, so not a football
0: fan. Yeah, that's tough to be a football fan when yeah. you're an Idaho graduate. But you, how did you get to be a Rockies fan? Just thing? Uh, ju- just a thing. Yeah. No, I. Uh,
1: my my husband's uh, grandparents live in Denver. Okay. I've always loved baseball. You know, gotcha. My, my mom was a Reds fan for a while, um, and I kind of floated around without a team, and then we went to a couple Rockies games and I just I love the stadium I love the under they're not good no they're not good oh, I love no. the Rockies they're not great um but but it's just such a fun community yeah and um and I love just sitting there and watching a game and sometimes watching them implode. It happens. Yes. But uh,
0: (laughs) I understand. I was wondering if it was because I mean now they're not anymore but the Hawks being a Rockies affiliate there for a while was a nice little you know that helped. That
1: helped. Yeah. I still have a couple old Hawks hats by the way when they were Angels affiliates. Uh Yeah. And they've got the big swoopy A in there and it was nice. But uh, yeah way that's a way long ago throwback. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well I'm sorry that the Rockies are not very good this year but we'll try to get some baseball news in there to make things a little bit better. (laughs) I'm
1: used to teams that aren't good.
0: (laughs) In case you missed it, yesterday uh, we announced that Tool is coming back to town. Uh, They have announced their 2022 tour. The Trek will kick off in January 10th in Eugene, Oregon. We're actually the third date on that tour. Uh, And it's happening on the 13th of January at the Ford Idaho Center. And of course this is kind of a follow-up to what happened when they were supposed to come to town in 2020, but then canceled due to the fact that Maynard actually came down with COVID-19. So So this, but just to be clear, everybody, because we had a bunch of questions on our social media yesterday, this is not a reschedule. That first concert was a flat-out cancellation. So if you had bought tickets to the first Tool Show in 2020, they will not be accepted at this show. You should have gotten a refund. If you did not, please contact Live Nation. They will issue you one for the tickets that you purchased. You will have to buy new ones or get new ones in order to get into the show on January 13th. So we're going to try to be as clear as we can with that. You want to listen to the X to win your tickets, Tickets, but they officially go on sale this Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning. But just make sure that if you, because we had a couple people say, I didn't get my refund yet. Well, if you didn't, that's an issue. Please contact Live Nation or the box office in which you purchased them so that you can get that refund. Because, yes, this is a completely different show. But Tool puts on a good one. So if you want to see Maynard and Danny and the crew, uh, you want to make sure you're ready to go on Friday at 10 a.m. <laughs> Godsmack when legends rise here on the morning after on 100.3 The X Rocks. It is Nick Melissa Davlin, my co-host this morning from Idaho Reports and Idaho Public Television. Uh, Real quick, if people want to follow you on social media, which I highly recommend, what's the best way to do that?
1: Probably Twitter, at Davlin News. Um, I'm I'm on there most often. Also Facebook, Idaho Reports, you see reporting from the whole team. And I have a small team, but they are phenomenal. And so if you're interested in Idaho politics, that's where to go.
0: And uh, the Idaho Reports is a great show that airs on Friday nights on Idaho Public Television. And we, we talked about this off air, but one of the things that makes it so unique is sometimes when you live in the Treasure Valley, you can, you know, get spoiled a little bit for for how many news resources that we have. But Idaho Reports is something that has to focus not only on the Treasure Valley, but the entire state. And a lot of people forget how rural Idaho is and don't have a lot of access to this information, right?
1: Absolutely. We have so many viewers across the state who don't have a daily news source from Idaho. So if you're living in like um, Salmon, for example, your daily broadcast news is coming from Montana, you know, and you'll see the same thing in North Idaho. A lot of those stations are based in Spokane. They do a great job of covering Idaho issues, but we're really dedicated to Idaho policy. And that's, I, we take that for granted in the Treasure Valley. We have fantastic news outlets here that that do the daily, you know, the, the daily turn, but when we're talking in-depth Idaho legislative news. Um, I, I'm really proud of what we do, and I'm really prou- proud that we can get that information to folks, whether they're living in Chalice or Sandpoint.
0: Yeah, and you should be, uh, but I also imagine that has to be fairly difficult to come up with. How do we put together a show that encompasses all that information for all of those people that don't have access to it?
1: A little bit. It's it's a logistical <laughs> uh, unique opportunity, right. I will say. Yeah, no, I during non-pandemic times, we're on the road a lot. Um, and and we put a lot of miles on the car, and you know, at Idaho Public Television, we have some phenomenal local productions, like Outdoor Idaho and Idaho Experience, so sometimes we'll team up with those productions to um, you know, make sure that we're being smart with our trips. We don't want to, you know, all be going to Chalice in the same week, right? Right, <laughs> like right. if Like, we, we, we try and double up our coverage and, and make sure that we're being smart about this, and so um, but we really want to make sure that we know what's going on in Pocatello, we know what's going on in Lewiston, we know what's going on in Green um, to make sure that our coverage is relevant to all of our viewers.
0: Yeah, especially in times like these where the the policies and things that happen in Montana and in Washington may differ greatly than what's going on here in Idaho. And the people that actually live in this state need to know that kind of stuff.
1: Absolutely. You know, if <laughs> especially now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when sometimes public policy is changing day by day. We really saw that at the beginning of the pandemic when we were seeing rapid movement on some of these decisions. sometimes, you know, we'd wake up in the morning and we'd get a decision from a school district saying, you know, no, we're going to stay open. And then that would be different by the afternoon. And parents are scrambling to find information. And again, you know, there are some really, really great local outlets who are covering this, but... We were in a position where we had resources to get as much information out from the state perspective as possible to people all over the state. Uh, I, I'm really proud of that, whether they were looking for information early on on the stay at home orders or, you know, now whether or not we're switching from stage three to stage four or, you know, crisis standards of care. my gosh, yeah. that is So critically important for people to understand how that is going to impact their their health care, you know if you are living in a place like Orofino and You're getting your, your hospital is a rural critical access hospital with maybe like two ICU beds You need to understand for your own safety for your family's safety how that's going to impact your health care and so um, we're just doing everything we can to let people know, you know, how serious this is, and. and- and even, even if you don't have COVID, how it's going to impact you.
0: Right. And as a, a production that, that works your tail off and you have a small team that's dedicated to do what you do, I can also imagine that with all this stuff coming in, the stress levels have to be pretty high right around this time.
1: A little bit. Yeah. A L- little bit of stress. Yeah. 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 Uh, because
0: I know that, that that information changes on the regular. It always has. But yeah. also, you know, again, you're not just doing this for one particular area. You have to do this for the entire state and things are uh, always changing, which is why why Twitter has been such a fantastic, you know, tool for you and your team to be able to update as many people as you possibly can as quickly as that stuff changes cuz it does change all the time.
1: Right. And and personally, like citizen Melissa, I detest social media. <laughs> it is a it is
0: it's a cesspool. Straight yeah. up garbage, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I just vitriol and misinformation, but you know, when I'm looking at the analytics of how people find our information, it's through social media. And if we can combat some of the misinformation that is going around and say and put that out into the world, we know that it's reaching people. Yeah. And and it's hard to combat some of that misinformation, but by golly, we're trying. I know. And if it I takes know. Twitter to do that, then you know, sign me up reluctantly. We
0: are going to talk about uh, misinformation and and being a journalist in the year 2021 and what that is like and how you deal with that coming up in the next hour for sure as Melissa Davlin continues to join me for the entire show. Again, Davlin News on Twitter. If you want to follow her, you definitely should. She's a fantastic follow. Plus, we're going to do some more important stuff. We have to go to hell as well. Melissa will join me there. That is figuratively, of course. And it'll be fun. <coughs> Jay. important stuff is brought to you by the advocates injury attorneys you didn't deserve to be in an accident but you do deserve an advocate uh joined this morning by melissa melissa davlin from idaho reports on idaho public television we're gonna be talking a lot about that as we move forward but we're gonna do some important stuff and uh as we all worry about COVID 19 still as parents and kids and the whole mess that was trick-or-treating last year or didn't happen last year everybody's asking with halloween about a month away what's going to happen this time around and believe it or not. The CDC says that they think American kids should be able to saf- safely nab some door-to-door candy this fall. Uh, but they did conscious be make sure they caution against some sort of the usual indoor Halloween revelry, like the parties and things like that. So they think if you're able to trick-or-treat outdoors, then the kids should be safe, at least according to the head of the CDC. But the good news for Sweet Tooth Kids came as a warning, and they want people to limit crowds still. As, of course, there's still highly contagious Delta variants out there and other variants that now we're dealing with. And hospitals across the country are crowded, especially here in the uh, the Treasure Valley as well. So I think if you can keep your kids safely distanced, then you're going to be okay. But I also say to that, good luck. You know what I mean?
1: Just in case, if you want to hand out candy to kids, maybe build a trebuchet. There you maybe, go. Maybe catapult the candy to the
0: children, <laughs> I like that idea. Nothing Make could it a go game. Wrong. Make yeah. it a game.
1: Nothing could go wrong.
0: And I've always said to my kids, "Listen, you want to go trick or treating? Earn it." And I think that that candy catapult would be a wonderful way to do that.
1: If you catch it, you deserve it.
0: I like that idea. Good job. Uh, of course, we also want to talk about baseball, your favorite sport, Melissa. Uh, the Giants did say that Brandon Belt, however, who is leading the team in home runs in 29, has now a broken left thumb. Uh, it happened against the Colorado it Rockies. Hap- it
1: happened on Sunday, and I am so sorry, San Francisco fans. <laughs> I yeah, that
0: I don't think they did it on purpose. Uh, yes, no, I'm get.
1: Probably it. not.
0: Uh, it's unclear if you'll be able to play in the final week of the regular season and then the playoffs as well. Of course, they were the first major league team to clinch a playoff this season, uh, serious spot this year, and then they're still trying to win their division. they got a battle going on with the Dodgers, but it does hurt when your leading home run hitter is gone for a while. So hopefully they'll be okay. Good news out of the Kansas City Chief Organization. Apparently, Andy Reid is okay. He was released from the hospital, from the University of Kansas Hospital yesterday, after he was taken there by ambulance after the Chiefs' loss to the Chargers. Apparently, he was just dehydrated. Uh, he's in great spirits, and he it was unseasonably warm, I guess, at top 90 degrees in that game. Andy Reid, not exactly svelte, so dealing with some dehydration issues, I suppose, can be a thing, and he's going to be just fine. So that's a good news for everybody involved. And we have a Saturday Night Live update. Uh, Beck Bennett is the only person not returning to the cast. Everybody was freaking out about maybe Kate McKinnon or A.D. Bryant or Pete Davidson leaving the show. But it looks like they're all going to be back for the 47th season. And Beck Bennett is going to be the only one leaving. A couple of featured players, Chloe Fineman and Bowen Yang, have been promoted to the regular cast. And then they've added a couple new feature uh, featured players, which is Aristotle Athari, uh, James Johnson, and Sarah Sherman. And Saturday Night Live is going to kick off their uh, new season coming up this Saturday. Owen Wilson is going to host the season premiere. Do you watch Saturday Night Live?
1: I watch it the next day. Okay. That's, that's awfully late for me. I get it. That's, I do that's get it. late. But, no, I. but but I enjoy it. And I love Bowen Yang. I am so glad that he was promoted. He is hilarious.
0: There you go. There you go. See? Oh, we Listen, I'm very happy that you continue to watch and support Saturday Night Live. That's awesome. You just like peacock it the next day kind of thing? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Gotcha.
1: Just Just. You know, look look at the highlights sometimes on YouTube. Sometimes I'll watch the whole thing uh, when the kids aren't in the room. Of course. Yeah, I I am a good, responsible mom. I
0: like that. I like that. Young kids uh, don't need to be around these Saturday Night Live. Probably not. But it'll be uh, firing up coming up this Saturday here on NBC. On 100.3, the X rocks. Melissa Davlin from Idaho Reports and Idaho Public Television, the co-host this morning. And together, we're going to go to Pittsfield, Massachusetts for today's We're Going to Hell story. I'm ready. And it is a story of a young lady that it's understandable. We've all been in a relationship where we just want to spend more time with our significant other. You know, maybe they're working too much. Maybe you just feel like you don't have enough time with them and you want to do everything you can to be around them as much as possible. It's It's love, I suppose they call it, right? Yeah. Something similar. That's sweet. And so uh, this young lady uh, decided that her boyfriend, Pete, uh, was spending too much time at work. And it was time for them to have a little day where she could surprise him and they could have some time together. And so Pete was scheduled to actually go into work at a place called Puritan Medical Products. Uh, It is a place that puts together all sorts of different medical supplies for uh, hospitals and places all over the country. Uh, but uh, her, she decided that she didn't want Pete to go into work that day, so she called up the Puritan Medical Products plant and said around 9 o'clock in the morning on Thursday of last week that she was going to place a series of bombs at the place where her boyfriend worked now didn't say her boyfriend's name she just said hi uh this is an anonymous person and i'm going to place four pipe bombs near the plant here 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 and here and she gave four very specific locations which is why the company almost immediately said hey this can't be a joke she knows a little bit about the plant she knows what's going on and where things are and so they of course called police and what ended up happening was not only did her boyfriend pete get the day off but they shut down the entire puritan medical products plant and two other plants that were nearby the place where this worked basically shutting about 600 people out of their job for the day as they found out that of course this was just a prank and not a real bomb threat that was placed but 600 people were out of work they didn't get to go in that day and all of them lost pay because it was not a you know paid day off and so that got a lot of people upset but did it work? Did they get to spend the day together? Uh, actually, it did from that particular point until, of course, police were able to track down 33-year-old Kayla Blake because she did use her own cell phone to make the bomb threat, which uh, was not advisable. And so yeah. it was pretty easy for them to track her down. So in the middle of their day off together, which they were spending on the couch watching Netflix, uh, police did show up at her place and then arrest her and charged her with the felony counts of terrorizing uh, four of them, as a matter of fact. And her bail was set at $3,500.
1: Kayla, not
0: a criminal mastermind. Nope, uh, nope, not a good idea. Now, listen, it's never a good idea to call in a bomb threat, but it, it's also a really bad idea to do any kind of criminal act using your own cell phone.
1: Maybe um, just maybe just wait for the weekend, Kayla. It's, right. It, Netflix will still be there. It will be I there. I promise.
0: I understand why you want to spend more time with your significant other, but this impacted not just him, but also about 600 other people that probably weren't nearly as happy they had the day off as your boyfriend was. And who knows if he was either.
1: They don't make criminal masterminds like they used to.
0: It doesn't sound like she informed her boyfriend, Pete, that she did any of this stuff because he was fairly surprised. Uh, when police showed up and arrested her so it's not like she said hey guess what I did hun? I called in a bomb threat today so you know what let's Netflix and chill basically uh, it was a situation where I think he was blindsided as well and now she's dealing with a lot of charges and some potentially some jail time just for the day off with her significant other so there's that bad move In case you're curious, there's your we're going to hell story. It is the morning after with Nick and Melissa Davlin. We are going to learn a little bit more about Melissa here coming up in a few. It is the X rocks. Mm -hmm. That is Green Day. That is Longview. It's the morning after. Nick here, Melissa Davlin, my celebrity co-host today for hanging out with me all day long. I appreciate it very much. She, of course, the host and producer of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television. A fantastic follow on Twitter at Davlin News if you want to do that. I highly suggest you do because you're going to get some really good information about what's going on around your state as far as politics and policy go. And it's an incredibly important job that you doing in this particular atmosphere and climate but it also has to be a difficult one being a uh, reporter and a journalist in this particular time is that right
1: it it's a little it's a little trying yeah. i will say no the the i i'm always open to criticism i'm always open to feedback but there's a difference between Saying, "Hey, I think you missed the mark with this story, and you are a straight-up propagandist who is lying to us." Right. Just the the dehumanization of journalists that we've seen over the past several years. It's like, come on, man! I like I I grew up in the valley. I love Idaho. I I got into journalism because you know I I genuinely want to get information to people. Um, and, and we try so hard to get accurate, honest, fair news to people. But th- there's just been this shift that we've seen over the past five, six years where we, you know, we're, we're in some areas seen as straight up liars or enemies of the people. Right. And that, and it's, it's tough because when we're talking about COVID, for example, you know, I... There are genuine, legitimate public policy discussions to be had there, right? And 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 we all know what those are. And then there's misinformation, and the stuff that we're trying to combat with that, you know, the lies about vaccine safety and efficacy, right. or how serious the disease is in the first place. And that's the stuff that's been really, really hard to process because you know we talk to healthcare workers who are in tears while they're talking about trying to save people's lives. Or I took a tour of the St. Alphonsus ICU last week. Yeah. And there were people who were were our age in there, you know, in their 30s and 40s, who were on ventilators and not all of them are gonna be going home. And then you leave and you and you hear all this misinformation about how, you know, it's being exaggerated, that that healthcare workers or hospitals are lying to get more money. And it's just like, come on, man, like these are our neighbors who are in those ICUs. Right. And trying to tell people how serious it is. Um... Sometimes you really feel like you're screaming into the wind.
0: Yeah, I mean, it can be you incredibly really frustrating. But then on the side to that, how do you combat it? Because people, will, like, if there's one thing that I have found out about social media or other things is that not only are we happy with being in an echo chamber, we seek it out. And, and we yeah. just we just really want to find somebody that validates our already opinions that have set into ourselves. And we don't want anything that, that would be against that. Or if we do find something that's against it, it's automatically biased, whether whether it is or it isn't. So, how do you, as somebody that you know is just straight up presenting facts as they are given to you and cannot be <laughs> disputed, combat somebody that's telling you that 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 it is a straight up lie? Can you even? You
1: know, they, there are some people where I, I'm never going to win them over, yeah. and I have to I have to be at peace with that. Uh, th- there are people who who really not just believe it, but they gleefully spread misinformation, and and some of them know what they're doing, and. I try to ignore them as best as I can. And then there are a lot of people who see that information and they're genuinely trying to figure out what's going on. And those are the people I focus on. It's really hard to measure the good that we do. It's really easy to focus on the negative, sure, right? To sure. get to see the comments about how, you know, no one cares or, you know, you're you're in line with Big Pharma. I don't get a check from Big Pharma. I wish I did. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> that, that's a joke. Please please. <laughs> please 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 don't take that seriously. Uh, No, I I, like I'm not in cahoots with anyone. And so just calmly continuing to put out that misinformation and and staying calm because we don't know how many people have seen the reporting that we've done and said, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more careful going forward. I you know, I'm not going to go to that that um, big party or I'm going to wear my mask or oh, she posted a link to vaccine information. I'm going to go there. That's harder to measure than the negative, but we know it's happening. We've gotten messages saying, hey, I really appreciated that. Or I was able to get a vaccine, especially early on when they were harder to come by. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: We know that's happening. And so I really try to take a deep breath and focus on that because there are so many people who genuinely want good, unbiased, factual information.
0: And and it's important to note that that's, that's where Melissa lives, in that particular world. And, you know, Idaho Public Television is one of those places that is just about straight up facts, and you're going to get it, and you can do with that what you want, but just know that there's no slant there. And it's easy to say that, but it's a few places that you can actually, you know, bank on. That's the kind of information that you're going to get. You I appreciate that. cover you. politics so much. It's part of your job. Yeah. Uh, are you you, I mean, are you surprised by how much everything's been politicized and how everything's turned into politics these days, or does it not surprise you at this point?
1: Yes and no, Yeah. right? You know, it's it's really easy to get used to this, which is almost kind of scary, yeah. right? That The, the hyper politicizing of everything, including, you know, just, just information that doctors are trying to give to people, that public health officials are trying to give to people. Um, when I take a step back, say, no, this is actually pretty messed up about how vitriolic all of this has become. Um, and so I, I'm trying not to get used to it. Right. And because that perspective, I think, is important, um, you know, because that's, that's how the average Idahoan is going to be looking at this. If I, if I approach it through the lens of this vitriol is normal, that's going to come through in my reporting. So I don't want to get used to it. I, I want to keep being surprised by it.
0: No, I, I and I appreciate that, too. I mean, you know, somebody's got to walk through that wilderness and clear that path. And I think you're trying to do that the best that you can to make sure that there's as much facts and information as uh, you can possibly have out there. And, you know, y- you mentioned it. You were one of several journalists that had a chance to tour the ICUs here in in the city of Boise. And, um, you know, the reports and the, the images and the, the quotes that are coming out of those particular stories are uh, incredible. And and saddening and just one of those deals that that hopefully I know that that it was done with a with an idea to go hey listen you know I know you're hearing these numbers I know you're you're hearing that the beds are full but really this is what it looks like and this is what we're dealing with and and that had to be fairly you know I mean just uh, what was that like to go through that process
1: it was um it it was incredibly somber yeah Uh, and I wasn't sure what I was expecting because you know Until that point, we had been relying on other journalists in other states and what the doctors were telling us. But until recently, Idaho reporters haven't had access to the big hospitals, the big ICUs. And so I didn't know really what to expect, but it was a lot more quiet than I thought because, you know, it's room after room after room of sedated, unconscious people who are on Ventilators. So you can hear the beeps from the machines. You can hear the ventilators. There are, they allow family members to visit um, in the St. Alphonsus ICU. So there are family members who are quietly sitting in there. You know, and every once in a while there's a little bit of activity when you they need to flip somebody into a prone position or something like that. But it really, we're trying to be as inobtrusive as possible when right. we're in there. Right. And it really gave me the chance to reflect on, you know, we, we di- we didn't show any of the patients' faces or any identifying details but i could see them and there were so many young people and i cannot stress that enough like people my age people in their 50s which is so young still yeah and and it made me really sad um, they they ended life-saving intervention for somebody while we were there God. so he was he was alive when we got there and by the time he left he wasn't yeah and his family wasn't able to be there with him. You know, and there are so many reasons for that. Like they bring patients in from all parts of Idaho and Oregon and Nevada, you know, so maybe they were too far away to get there, maybe they couldn't get there in time. But that's, it's, it's a lonely, sad way to die. Yeah. And And it was so, it's such an important job for us to get that information out to people because it's preventable. This isn't, their time hadn't come yet. Their time hadn't come, and I and the healthcare workers who do this every day, you know, God bless them. Right. They are incredible because, you know, I I was in there for half an hour, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. Right. So they're they're incredible and and I can't thank them enough.
0: Yeah, and and you know we, we continue to talk about that side of things about how the healthcare workers and the frontline people and and sometimes it's turned into a talking point. But the reality of it is they are there, they are doing it every single day, working ridiculously crazy shifts and and now dealing with with numbers and people that they haven't had to deal with uh, at all. And so it's it's an incredible situation that they are put in and not in a good way. And so you know to hopefully you know humanize this story a little bit because some. Sometimes we throw out these numbers and we we talk about the number of positive cases and we, we people get all caught up in, you know, what were their other symptoms and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's just about, you know your neighbor that was fine one day and now he's not that can sometimes break through this particular bias that some people have about this thing and go okay maybe it is a good idea for me to protect myself and other people from this stuff absolutely and so uh, thank you for doing that I know it was incredibly hard it had to be traumatic uh, from a you know just being in that particular situation but I know you know you you try to be as you know witness as much as you can and you know also put yourself in that particular situation had to be incredibly harrowing so thank you for bringing that side of the story to things and talking about it and making people aware of it.
1: Thank you. And it's it's nothing compared to what the frontline workers are doing. The first responders, they are incredible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they continue to be. Melissa Davlin joining us this morning on the morning after. She, of course, on Twitter, at Davlin News is where you can find her. Uh, of course, COVID-19 is a big part of the following. But, well, you know, Idaho politics is all over her feed. They talk about all sorts of things. There's plenty of stuff happening in this state on a regular basis that we're going to get into here as the show moves forward some more. Or important stuff coming up here in a few minutes, please hold tight for that. <coughs> Important Stuff is brought to you by The Advocates Injury Attorneys. You did not deserve to get into an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. It's The Morning After with Nick and Melissa Davlin filling in for Big J this morning as my celebrity co-host. Thank you very much for coming in and talking about all the things that you were involved with. Again, you can follow her at Davlin News on Twitter if you want to get all the insight in the world of the state of Idaho and the politics. And even above and beyond that is very much available on her Twitter feed. Thank you, Melissa, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Of course, Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, American voters and the uh, basic idea that they have about big tech companies and quite frankly, it isn't good. A poll conducted by the Future of Tech Commission found that about 80% of registered voters here in the United States have agreed that the government needs to do everything it can to curb the influence of big tech companies that have grown too powerful and use our data to reach too far into our lives. We're not happy about it. Uh, and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you stand on. It's actually something we can agree on. 83% of Democrats, 78% of Republicans have both said that this is a pretty big policy priority for voters, is that uh, they feel like the Facebooks of the world, the uh, the Twitters of the world have too much reach into our personal lives, and they need to talk about antitrust laws or some sort of more competition in tech. But the majority are basically uh, opposed to breaking up big tech companies, but they do want a little bit more regulation beside of that. Uh, of course, uh, when it comes to companies that people have faith in, 81% of people are still fairly cool with Google in some way, shape, or form. 74% are over okay with Amazon then we get down into the too much kind of stuff going on which is 67% Apple 53% are into Facebook and then we're even below that when it comes to Twitter Uh, it's a pretty big story when it comes to anything but especially uh, we talk about the spread of misinformation Uh, big tech is a very big uh, you know, overseer in that particular side of things Uh, do you foresee anything happening that maybe could curb this or I mean is it to the point of like it's all into Individuals that are kind of doing this at this point.
1: That... That's a great question. I think that algorithms are a huge part of that. You know, we we as as ridiculous human beings already seek out our echo chambers. We already seek out people who agree with us. And then when you have algorithms on social media that play into that, you sometimes don't see information that challenges the way you already think. And so um, I, I, I'm not gonna get into whether or not I think regulation is a good idea or a bad idea, mm-hmm. but I it, I know that this ship is going to be slow to turn because we are so far into this era of Facebook and Twitter being such a main source of information. Right. For people for for average Americans that it, it's not going to, you know, be as easy as switching a, a policy to combat right. some of that misinformation that's going out there.
0: I think you're right. And not only that, but I mean, I, I do believe that a big reason behind this is not just misinformation, but it's also people are concerned about their privacy and all this kind of things, or maybe they have too much information about them. But uh, I always try to remind people that listen, if you ever feel that way, here's the good news. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Amazon, all of these are optional products that you do not have to use in any way, shape, or form, and you don't have to give them that information if you don't want to. You so,
1: really don't. It's all volatile. Don't give them your information. Yes, They're going to use it to to target ads at you, and you're going to buy stuff you don't need. You don't need to give them the info.
0: If you don't like it, you don't have to be a part of it. And I know it's hard because you feel disconnected sometimes, but there's the give and the take, I suppose.
1: Pick up the phone. There you go. Yeah, Call talk to
0: people. Uh, write a letter for crying out loud. Dallas Cowboys defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 41-21 to on Monday Night Football last night and it really wasn't even that close. Dak Prescott, good game, three touchdowns, two touchdowns for Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys are in control of that division pretty easily and we've been waiting forever for the new uh, James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Uh, it's getting ready to finally come out in theaters, so now people are already wondering who the next 007 will be. Of course, uh, Daniel Craig is wrapping things up as Bond in No Time to Die and Barbara Broccoli, who's the producer of the series, said the search is going to begin next year. Right now, they're currently not thinking about it. They don't even have anybody that they have targeted, which I'm not sure I believe.
1: I don't believe that. But uh, they did say
0: that they want Daniel to have time of celebration for his final role of James Bond before they start looking at things. And then next year, they'll start thinking about the future. Of course, Idris Elba has been floated as a possible James Bond. Uh, They could be taking the role female as well. You never know which way they're going to go with it, but apparently we won't find out anything, at least until 2022.
1: We saw a female Doctor Who, and that was phenomenal. I say Tessa Thompson. She looked good in a suit in Men in Black. Mm -hmm.
0: I like the idea.
1: She'd look good as a lady bond
0: i like it i like it very much whatever way they're gonna roll they have my money i'm a james bond fan so it doesn't matter which direction they go but i do i i would be interested to see i think it would be a really cool and interesting angle if they took it female and it's about time so let's make it happen and whoever they cast we'll see what ends up happening in 2022 here's traffic See, if I would have known, I would have went with some men in black questions for Pop Culture Smackdown. You're big on the franchise, Melissa. (laughs) Just Tessa Thompson. We'll find out how it goes with Pop Culture Smackdown here in a couple of minutes. Hold on tight for that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alright, it is time for Pop Culture Smackdown. Melissa Davlin has stepped into the ring and she is ready to go. Uh, you have selected some parameters for me to work with on Pop Culture Smackdown because I would like our celebrity co-host to feel somewhat comfortable in the topic of discussion. And so I went with Marvel movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is that okay?
1: It. I don't think I have a choice at this point, do I? Uh, what if I, I th- said no? If you
0: said no, I do have several random <laughs> pop culture questions. <laughs> I
1: do even worse. I have to make a <laughs> (laughs) It's not that I'm good at Marvel movies, I'm just less bad as I am everything else pop okay. culture.
0: Uh, you have other things going on. I understand Couple why things. it would be a little bit low on the priority list, but if you'd like to play, now would be the time to get on the phone 208-287-1003. What are you playing for, Nick? Well, the answer would be a pair of tickets to go check out Dropkick Murphys and Rancid. That show is happening uh, next week at the Ford Idaho Center on the 4th of October. We'll hook you up with a pair of tickets to those and you're also qualified for the brand new Can-Am 6570 outlet. From Birds of Prey Motorsports. We're giving away an ATV on October 18th, courtesy of Birds of Prey. It's brand new. It's awesome. It's worth about $10,000, and it could be yours for you to outdoor it up if you can defeat Melissa this morning. So, 208 287 1003. I told Melissa we were having phone problems yesterday. I'm just hoping that that's not the case this morning. Hello, the X. Hey, how's it going? You can hear me. We're off to a wonderful start. What's your name, my man? Logan all right Logan you are the first to take on Melissa in Marvel Cinematic Universe knowledge do you happen to know a little bit about the Marvel Cinematic Universe a little bit yeah and we're gonna start with this I I, I believe in you Logan (laughs) I know you can do it this Marvel owner and a creator ended up doing a lot of cameos in a bunch of Marvel movies who is it Logan Stanley. Stanley. Right. Is correct. Melissa, Chris Hemsworth plays this Marvel superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Chris Hemsworth.
1: Chris Hemsworth. Actor. Thor. Thor. Right. Is correct. See? I almost got my Chris's confused. <laughs>
0: oh, there's plenty oh, more Chris oh, questions, man. Melissa. I'm sorry, Logan. It's not going to get any easier. Don't worry about it. Logan, you're up. Emily Blunt was supposed to be cast as this Marvel superhero before Scarlett Johansson got the job. What character is it, Logan? that is black widow right correct melissa the character that snapped half of life out of existence in the marvel cinematic universe was whom thanos right correct back to you logan chris pratt plays star loader star lord in this series of marvel cinematic universe movies that is guardians of the galaxy right logan's on his game melissa chris evans played this character in two marvel cinematic universes movies before becoming captain america What? Wait, what? Chris Evans was another character in the Marvel Universe before being Captain America, and he did so in two movies. Uh,
1: young Captain America?
0: Wrong. (laughs) Logan, I have good news for you. (laughs) Logan, she got that one wrong. Uh, Do you happen to know the answer? I don't know. Uh, That's all right. He was the human torch in two Fantastic Four movies. Oh, my gosh. Before he became Captain America. Uh, so well, that's I- it. Human Torch, Logan. Congratulations, brother. You did a good job. Hang on one second. We'll hook you up with all the information you need about those prizes. You did really good, Melissa. You should be proud of yourself.
1: Well, good, good in quote marks, right? <laughs> well,
0: listen, I showed up. Yes, so far. You've done the best of the celebrity co-hosts that we've had. You've answered Aww. three questions correctly, so that's Sorry, pretty good. Sorry, That's uh, okay. She did good, too. Don't worry about she Jen. She did. She did. She's a champ. I listened. She did great. Yeah, that's for sure. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Melissa Davlin filling in this morning. We're going to do our run of headlines. That's happening next to the X-Rocks. Big J. Headlines brought to you by Team Mazda and the pre-owned Superstore. If you need a car loan do-over, get online pre-approval with the iPrecheck button at GoTeamMazda.com. You hear about it all the time on the X. Check it out for yourself at GoTeamMazda.com. Melissa, headlines are as follows. Yes, let the hate in. Another animal enemy or taking those vows seriously.
1: Let's go with the animal. And I want to know who our enemies are.
0: The enemies are new ones. We are all been trained to be afraid of snakes and spiders and even monkeys from time to time. But if you think otters are cute, it doesn't mean that they're not wild animals. And the city of Anchorage, Alaska is warning locals to be aware of aggressive river otters. Because on Friday, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game officially released a warning after a woman, a child, and at least two dogs were attacked by otters in the last month. So they said that because of risk to public safety, efforts will be made to locate the group of river otters because they believe it's a bunch of them and then remove them. It's like a gang of river otters that are attacking people.
1: <laughs> I was going to try and make a joke, but it's so funny to me to imagine this this band of of... Roving river otters who have a grudge against humanity who are attacking children in Anchorage. That's amazing. I never trusted them. I, I mean, they I, look sneaky. They do
0: look sneaky. Mm. There's a little bit of. Uh, I mean, they look slimy. So there's also that. But like now, I feel like they've got the taste of blood, and so we all have to look out because they may spread word to other river otters not in Anchorage, Alaska, that uh, humans are dangerous, and they, we need to be on the lookout for them. So we have another animal uprising. I'm losing count at this point how many animals we have to watch out for add otters to the enemy list exactly so watch out for otters Yes, let the hate in, or taking those vows seriously?
1: Taking those vows seriously.
0: Turns out that uh, spouses are really together in sickness and in health. Researchers in Japan examined a bunch of marriages and found that spouses have a high degree in commonality, not only in lifestyle habits, but also body shape, blood pressure, even incidences of some diseases. So many of the correlations were between couples that have low genetic similarities and high lifestyle similarities, meaning the importance of healthy choices are something that we all need to make sure we're paying attention to. But the scientists encourage healthcare guidance for couples and healthy competition between partners. That way you can improve your health together, especially if you've got lifestyle and environment changes that keep you a little bit more sedentary. That's when you run into issues. But I guess we're taking this in sickness and health thing pretty seriously.
1: No offense to those researchers, but I feel like that's one of those yeah moments. Yeah, you, know, you eat with this person. Right. You hang out with this person all the time. You're gonna have the same lifestyle factors that are playing into your body shape yeah
0: yeah it makes sense right but it's also one of those things where you know if you if you are in a relationship with somebody and both or somebody wants to go on a diet it's always nice to have that support and probably easier to lose that weight if somebody else is doing it with you so of course your your body styles may be a little bit more similar if you're in a couple together so yeah this is a no der situation for sure
1: I'll I'll take some of that research money. I'll
0: come (laughs) up with some conclusions. Good. We'll wrap it up with, yes, let the hate in. Uh, People all over the world, speaking of uh, poor health decisions, we love fast food, but not all fast food. We have our favorites, but uh, once again, if there's a common theme in this show, it's that we love to talk about what we hate. And online review hubs have put together the most negative statements on social media to determine the most hated fast food chains in the world. Now, it changes from country to country country which is interesting and i was wondering if you would know what the united states at least according to social media is the most hated fast food chain
1: oh man um
0: arby's arby's is a good it's a it's a punching bag on a lot of places i know that's a good guess but no arby's comes in at number three domino's is the most hated uh place in the united states at least according to social mm. media. Now, they count
1: it, as fast food.
0: Yeah, I, technically, I guess they do, yes, uh, mm-hmm. because they're counting Pizza Hut and all this kind of stuff, too. Taco Bell, the most hated in Mexico. That makes sense to me. Uh, Canada apparently hates Ju- Orange Julius, which I would not count what? as fast food. Because uh, they don't. Do they serve food at Orange Julius? I
1: don't know. You can't even get, like packaged cookies there now that doesn't count canadians come (laughs) on get with it
0: but uh the most hated fast food place in the world is interesting to me kentucky fried chicken Uh, people uh, across when you factor in all the places in the world they love to complain about kentucky fried chicken the most which is really interesting to me i didn't know kentucky fried chicken had that big of a footprint that it would be the most hated place in the world but apparently it is no love for the crew
1: now we know what once again i'll take some of that research money
0: Yes I'll take it I, If they're handing it out I will happily let you know This is important to know Morning After With Nick and Melissa Devlin There is your headlines You're up to date On everything <coughs> Asking Alexandria, that's their new one. It's called Alone Again here on the Morning After on the X-Rocks. It is Nick here with Melissa Davlin from Idaho Reports and Idaho Public Television. Melissa, thanks again for being the co-host today. Thanks for having me. It's been great to learn a lot more about you and get to know you better as a person as well as all the hard work that you do for the state of Idaho. Again, and we can't emphasize enough how it's a statewide job and not just one for the Treasure Valley. But we were talking about some of the stories that you had to cover. and We had a really good question that was kind of, you know, brought in on the text line and that is you are dealing in a lot of time with some very sensitive issues with some very serious issues that affect a lot of different people in the state and affect a lot of different families in the state how do you not get your emotions attached to some of the things that you're reporting and is that a difficult task in general
1: it's a great question it is difficult uh the the important thing really is keeping my focus on the story and the sources because it's not about me it's not about how I'm feeling about and, and we hear heartbreaking stories sure. right A- across the state over the years we've we've covered addiction recovery we've co- we've covered issues with public health care that have resulted in adverse outcomes for these patients um, you know and their families so many so many different stories I can process my feelings off the clock. Mm-hmm. Because in the moment, it is about them. It's not about me. It's about getting their story out and getting information to people who really need it. And, and so, you know, over the years, um, I think we used to treat journalists like news reporting robots, right? You know, emotionless and, and everything like that. In the past few years, we've seen in journalism a lot more discussion about journalists' mental health and making sure that we unplug and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And that's such an important conversation to have. And it's one that you know I tell the, the young kids coming up through J School right now that you gotta take care of yourself. Part of it is for yourself as a reporter and as a human, but part of it is you can't do your job effectively if you are getting wrapped up in your emotions on the clock. Does it happen sometimes? Yeah, you know, I I've gotten emotional on stories before, mm-hmm. but you really got to focus mm-hmm. and you really got to keep your eye on on what's important, and it's not you.
0: Right, right. It is the story, and and that's why you know you guys do such a great job at Idaho Reports and making sure that you're presenting just the facts, and then you know dealing with the other stuff off the clock, which also can't be easy, by the way. But I mean, a credit to you for doing that. And then the the other angle of, of your job is is. Just to have so much knowledge about all the things that are going on in in Idaho politics. And that involves interviews. It involves research. It involves, you know, having guests on Idaho reports that are talking about very specific issues that maybe don't affect a lot of people but are important nonetheless. And so, you know, where do you find the time? Is there an opportunity for you to do you find that balance and to make sure that you're as educated (laughs) as you can be in all the topics or do you rely on other people? How does all that kind of stuff work? Because it's a lot of stuff to know and operate on.
1: It's a lot i'm lucky to have a great team so if i don't fully understand the ins and outs of property tax for example i can delegate that to my wonderful associate producer or a reporter um but but i some of it is institutional knowledge you know i've i've been covering idaho politics for several years and you absorb so much over the years but so much of it, too, is relying on other people to tell you what's going on. There is nothing wrong with going up to somebody and saying, I want to make sure that I understand this. Walk me through this corrections bill. Walk me through this education budget. The, I, I'm not the expert. I know the experts. Right. And I can get them to explain things to me. And And I'm just so grateful to have those connections around the state because we couldn't do it without... Without this wonderful network that we've built,
0: yeah, and that's that's a credit again to you and your staff that have been able to put that all together. Because you know, a, a lot of things when it comes to guests and talking about particular uh, subjects is who you know as much as what you know. Absolutely,
1: you know? and building that trust over the years too, and saying, you know what, we're not going to sensationalize things that don't need to be sensational. We're not going to we're we're going to play it straight. And so, are we ever going to have the biggest audience as an Idaho political show that airs on Friday nights? No, but we have an audience who really really cares about what's going on in their community they care about that property tax discussion they care about that medicaid expansion discussion and 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 our our listeners and viewers and readers are so engaged in their community and that feedback really helps drive how we cover these public policy issues that affect everybody whether or not they care.
0: Yeah, and and you know and just in case anybody is curious one one of the hardest things that, that I imagine you have to do I cuz I can't pretend I could do your job would be, you know, uh, explaining a complicated issue to an audience that maybe wouldn't understand and, and able to put it into terms that the common person can understand because if you've ever read an actual bill that's been passed in legislature, it is so convoluted sometimes and very difficult to understand what's actually happening. So to be able to break that down in a way that's actually digestible to somebody like me is pretty impressive and it can't be easy either, I imagine, right?
1: We try. I'll put it in. We, we try. Sometimes we look at something and say, right. uh, coming in, right. what is is actually exactly. a thing. So again, like we rely on a lot of people to help us out. And so we can really break that down for, for our listeners and viewers. If
0: people want to uh, watch Idaho Reports, which I encourage them to do, if they want to follow it on social media, what's the best place to get that? And where can we find it on our televisions?
1: You can follow Idaho Reports on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, just search for Idaho Reports. Our 50th season of Idaho Reports starts October 29th that's Friday October 29th 8 p.m on Idaho Public Television and you can see all of our specials and previous shows at idahoptv.org Idaho reports
0: yep all the videos are up there Melissa does a great job her whole team does as well there's a lot of information on there and a lot of different subjects that they cover on that particular show and congratulations by the way 50 years is no joke and I know you had mentioned that uh, tied now for the longest-running host of this particular show I you think? I,
1: lo- I think okay. I was looking back and and trying to find a previous host for a different reason and I realized, wait a minute, I think I tied with him for the longest serving host. Good job. You should
0: be very proud. I
1: have not been there all 50 years. I need to make that
0: very clear. (laughs) It's true. It's an institution. uh, (laughs) So many people have come before me and so many people will come after me. But uh, fantastic at what you do. Thank you for making it palatable for somebody like me. I do appreciate that as well. And uh, it's great to know a little bit more about you. We're not done yet, though. We still have some bad impressions and some more coming up here on the morning after. Your chance to win tickets to Black Label Society is next on The X. <laughs> And on 100.3 The X. It is Bad Impressions time. You are playing for a pair of tickets to so go check out Black Label Society. Zach Wild and Company coming to the Knitting Factory on the 4th of October. We've got your tickets free of charge for you to go enjoy the show if you want to play Bad Impressions. 208-287-1003. It works like this. I've got three clues revolving around somebody pretty famous. If you can figure out who that famous person is in three clues or less, you will be checking out Black Label Society. Let's go to the phones. Get ourselves a contestant. Good morning, the X. Good morning, Nick and Melissa. Ah, good morning to you, sir. Thank you very much for uh, recognizing Melissa. As uh, you, she deserves all your fear and respect. So thank you very much. Absolutely. <laughs> as she should out, out <laughs> there on the clear sphere. That's right. That's right. Uh, here is clue number one. Look, I am not alive anymore. Okay, can you select me more vague? I certainly can. Uh, <laughs> clue number two. I used to be the lead singer of Nirvana. Okay, continue on, third. Clue number three, my ex-wife Courtney Love will hopefully make some money in hockey now. In hockey? Hockey is an awesome sport. We'll go for it. Number three. Uh, No, that was number three, Kevin. Oh, Look, okay. I'm not alive anymore. I used to be the lead singer of Nirvana, and my ex-wife Courtney Love will make some money in hockey now ask Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain is 100% correct. Congratulations, sir. You've got tickets to Black Label Society. Please hold on one second. We'll get some information from you. And yes, why Kurt Cobain and hockey are co-aligned is because the Seattle Kraken, of course, are getting ready to start their inaugural season up there in Seattle. The NHL has moved its way to the Pacific Northwest, finally. And it's a pretty big deal there. And they just announced on social media what their hockey celebration sound will be. You know, when you score a goal in hockey, the big horn goes off. And this one will have a horn and then it will be accompanied right after by the yeah yeah from Kurt Cobain uh, from the song Lithium so Kurt Cobain is going to be officially a part of the Seattle Kraken goal celebration when they score there up in Seattle so they're really embracing the whole uh, Seattle sound part of things I guess
1: as they should yes it
0: makes sense you said you were up there recently and they're they're all in huh
1: they, they really are. There were there was Seattle Kraken stuff everywhere. And I and I appreciate it because the logo looks like Trogdor. Yes. I'm a huge Trogdor fan, you know, and, and I don't know as much about hockey as I do about Homestar Runner, mm-hmm. um, so I can get on board.
0: Well, uh, I think it's as good a time as any to jump on board a hockey team, and then if you get up to Seattle actually seeing it in person, I, I've gone on record, hockey games in person are one of the most fun sporting events that there are. They're oh, so
1: I love the Steelheads. Games yeah. and it's one of those where every time I go, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew more about hockey. Well, it's not too late.
0: Nope. And jumping on board a brand new team is a perfect time. So uh, we'll see if we can get you. Uh, would you? Would you wear a hockey jersey? Would you pull? One hundred percent. Oh,
1: ab- absolutely. We'll get you, I'm
0: sorry, they're called sweaters. Kevin's gonna get upset at me. I gotta, gotta call them sweaters. Not I'll jerseys. wear a
1: Trogdor hockey sweater all day. There you
0: go. Morning after with Nick and Melissa Davlin. We're gonna wrap up the show here next on the X Rock. Hi. <laughs> That is Chevelle. That is their latest. It's called Mars Simula here on The Morning After with Nick and Melissa Davlin, our celebrity co-host, number three. Uh, that's going to do it for the show today. Melissa, thank you so much for coming in and teaching us a lot more about what you do and how you do it and how you got to where you are. Uh, it was incredible to get to know you a little bit more and uh, and hopefully this is not the last appearance that you make on the show.
1: It was an honor to be invited. Thank you so much. I had a blast.
0: Uh, I was, I'll say this. Uh, it's taken us 14 years and a really cool guest host but finally some integrity and gravitas on the show <laughs> and it's very nice to have it so thank you for bringing that to the morning after as well that anytime was very,
1: very you need a, a d-list idaho celebrity to come no in way. I'm, no I'm way no right. way higher than
0: that higher than that but uh it was great you did fantastic on pop culture smackdown so thank you for being a part of the show and like i said anytime you want to come in please do one more time for the people listening where can they follow your show and where can they follow you
1: search for Idaho reports on Twitter and Facebook you can see all of our past episodes on idahoptvorg slash Idaho reports and you can follow me on Twitter at Davlin News
0: uh, fantastic at what she does and a great wonderful coverage of all things Idaho politics and policy on her Twitter feed and on Idaho reports so thanks again Melissa we appreciate it thank you it's gonna do it for us thank you guys for listening tomorrow on the show celebrity guest host number four is Darcy Nutt from Chalice Tattoo we're gonna learn about that a fantastic artist and musician coming on the show tomorrow. That should be a whole lot of fun as well. We'll see you then. Jason Drew's coming in next. You guys have a good one. It's the x Rocks. Prescription products require an online...